I started generating calls and leads through Google Ads. And then I'd forward them to cleaning businesses. And I was a 12-year-old kid sitting in uh, high school. And I would go on my lunch break cold calling businesses saying, hey, I've got a client here that's booked in and I can't do the service. Would you like this job? Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Well, hello, you guys. Welcome back to episode 65. So this is a fun episode because From time to time, I get to talk to people that do a very similar thing that I do. And this is an episode that is that. What is that, you might ask? Well, digital marketing. So yes, I am speaking to somebody that hangs out in that space, that has a lot of experience in that space. And his name is Jackson Ernji. And he's the founder of Ernji Media, which is basically a lead generation agency. So he goes out, his agency, and they get you leads to get you booked appointments. And he has a certain niche that he hangs out in. So you're going to have to listen to the show to find out what that is. But yeah, he's an amazing story, this guy. He really does. Like he's been an entrepreneur since he was 12. And I'm not just saying that loosely. <laughs> he has. He's an incredible skill set of sales background and marketing. And now he's his own agency. There's a lot of like little wisdom bombs that he drops throughout answering my questions. So you're going to have to uh, listen for those because I know you're going to appreciate them very much. So let's go ahead and let's have that conversation with Jack, shall we? Let's find out about some marketing tips and what he does to generate leads and what he does to grow his business. And it's grown, you guys, in 12 months, it has grown. So with all that said, let's get started and let's welcome Jack onto the show. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Jack. How's it going? How are you? I'm fantastic today. Thanks so much for having me. Loving the new studio. Guys, Jack was just telling us how he's this amazing new office in the Gold Coast, and he has this beautiful studio, which is what I'm seeing right now, right on the screen? Yep. We just recently upsized. We were originally in about a shoebox size office. We had about 60 square meters. Yeah. And I got to the stage where I was like, I need some space to have some fun. So we just upgraded to about a 450 square meter office on the Gold Coast. So the videographers are happy. They've got studio space. They've got photography space. They've got everything and all the bells and whistles. Yeah. So good. You're going to be a content machine. (laughs) Yeah. So good. It's uh, it's more comfortable as well for the team. Like as we're growing out the team, people have their own space. They're not sort of sitting on top of each other. They've got their own little areas now. So it's been a, a nice transition. Excellent. Good. Well, I'm glad you're growing and I know... We're going to talk a little bit about your growth coming up because you have some interesting things to say about that and your niche that you've chosen. But before we get into it, I want to talk about some specific tactics around growth. So as you are growing right now, what have you done to keep your sanity? So what are three tips that you do in high stress, high growth periods in your business to just keep your head on straight? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. Personally, I think I have those scrambles every single day. There's scrambles that kind of go, oh, this is a problem we've got to work out how to solve. I think one of the things my mentors always says to me is just there is always a way to get through it and it's never really that big of a problem. And so staff leaving, staff quitting, you know, staff having problems that they lose a client and it's never a problem. There's always another door that opens very soon, but 
we try and follow every single day with a rule that I love to always go back to, which is clear, clean, and consistent. As long as everything that you do as a business, as a brand, as a as an organization, and that's not just in a marketing level, it's the way you present yourself, it's the way you talk to people, it's the way you treat people as well. If it's clear, clean, and consistent with your values and missions, then that's going to ring true to whatever it is. If you lose a client, no worries. There'll be another one that opens up the door for if you have a day where just shit hits the fan. That doesn't matter. Stuff will turn around as long as you follow your principles, I guess. So good. And do you have any sort of mindset stuff that you turn to? Like if you notice yourself, you're getting a little bit kind of overwhelmed in something. How do you handle that personally? I'm a weird one because I, for the last 10 years, have worked, I would say, 18-hour days every single day. My partner says to me all the time, when can you just put the laptop down? And I'm like, right. and that's, that's been for, I worked out the other day, it's about 11 years I've been working away on, on this particular digital business that I'm running and a few different ones. And I've started to realize it's better to be great at one thing than many things because you can get to the end of the road much faster. But the sanity is it that I have so much passion for what we're doing that even on the toughest days, I find an odd enjoyment out of it. Like people can throw stuff at me and I kind of just laugh it off and go, this is going to be fun. So I don't know how to answer it. If there's something there, you've just got to remember why you started it and what your real mission is. And that's what keeps me going every single day. Because if you don't keep reminding yourself of what the original meaning of it was, then you're not going to be able to push through the hard times. That's a really good point. I think you answered it perfectly. And the fact that it's different from how I normally have people answer that question, where they normally turn to a, hey, you know, I I go outside and I meditate or I do this or whatever. And, And I've talked to a lot of big businesses. And what I love about what you said is it's actually quite approachable and realistic as well, where like having that passion and sometimes you just like what you do and you just go for it and you're in it for a long time. Don't get me wrong, though. There's definitely those days that you you come back <laughs> to it and you go, oh, yeah, my, the reason I thought I wanted to do this isn't going to get me through this little hurdle. And, and you've got to have those wobbles that you go yeah. and have a cry and a scream and you go, how am I going to get through this little bit? But one thing to add to that is as long as you keep your network ahead of you growing, like I've outgrown my first group of mentors and I've found other ones, the next steps up, you give them a call. You find people that you can truly get their time for you give them a call and say, this is the problem. And they solve it for you in a matter of seconds. They go, that's not a problem. And that puts things into perspective. And I think that's the part yeah. that at any stage of your journey, you've got to put things into perspective and go, hey, it's not really that bad. Like if you really think about it. So I want to talk to you briefly about your mentors because you do outgrow people around you for sure. How do you, when you know you're on the edge of growth or like a, a different level of development in your business and who you are, how do you find new mentors? It's a fantastic question. It's <laughs> uh, the ponderance of any entrepreneur who wants to grow their network. It is. It's something that hasn't come easy to me, but all of a sudden people just appear. My partner says I'm the luckiest person on the planet. And I go, is it luck if I've worked really hard for something that I never knew that it would even be possible? So my first mentors came from me spending a bunch of money to get into the room with them. And then offering enough value that they went, well, I want to have a beer with you. I want to go out. And so it was sort of one of those that I didn't try and take anything from my mentors. I never do. It's more so what can I supply you? And even now, like starting this business, it was around finding people that had a huge digital problem. They didn't know what digital was. And I was able to solve their problem completely for free. We didn't charge them. And then afterwards, 
I gained two investors into this business because of the fact that I was able to solve a problem in their business. They were transacting about $2 million a week and they were doing it through telemarketing. And you go, oh, right. we're able to turn their business into a digital machine yeah. fairly quickly. Three weeks to run some Facebook ads and we were making them a hell of a lot more money than what they were and a lot more headaches because they didn't have to have 35 telemarketers sitting on a sales floor. So there's those things as well that you've got to find a way to solve a solution for someone and have value yeah. for something. And that's how you, you find your mentorship. That's how I've done it. I remember my first mentor, a guy named Ryan Tuckwood, a, a sales coach. And I worked very closely with him for about three years, but I saw that he was going on tour with a guy named Jordan Belfort. The, have you ever seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street? I've met him. <laughs> He's an interesting bloke. Yes, he is. I saw that they were going on tour in Australia and I was like, I want to be in that room. I don't care what it is. And at this stage, I was running a 35-person cleaning company okay. that I built over 18 months. Wow. So I was doing well for myself. And I said, this isn't my passion. This isn't the thing I want to run for the rest of my life. And so I went, I've got to find out how I can get in that room. And the fastest way for me to do it is I went and spent about $15,000 on camera gear. I was in a fortunate position that I could do that. And I messaged the MC. I messaged him first before buying the camera gear, mind you, just in case. But I said, have you got a videographer to follow you around for the event? And he said, no. And I said, look, I'll pay for myself to come the whole trip. You don't have to worry. I'll just follow you around with the camera, create some great content for you. And so he became my mentor for around three and a half years and taught me everything I know about sales. And that pivoted me onto the psychology of marketing. And that's where my passion really started for that as well. So for finding mentors, just please just provide value and they'll appear. Really amazing advice. I want to paint some context because we're going to talk about how you specifically work with people, but I want people to understand what you do. So what did you do on the journey to do what you do now? Let's start with that. Where did you come from before your current company? I came from everything and tried everything. It was everywhere and everything. <laughs> Great. I was about 12 years old. Oh, we're going back a long time now. My mom worked three jobs. So she was a very, very uh, single mom, worked three jobs. And I always saw how hard she worked. And I said, I never want to work that hard. And so I decided to become an entrepreneur and now I work even harder. <laughs> I spent more time. So no, it was a passion basically for me to see what can I do to help people. And my way of helping people was to see how can I generate more business for them? My mom ran a business. And so it was the one thing she always had problems with was generating leads, generating business to paying clients. Yeah. So the first business I started and I programmed a software that basically took calls and it forwarded them to another person. And in the in-between, it would record that call and charge a credit on every call. So I started generating calls and leads through Google Ads and then I'd forward them to cleaning businesses. And I was a 12-year-old kid sitting in uh, high school and I would go on my lunch break cold calling businesses saying, hey, I've got a client here that's booked in and I can't do the service. Would you like this job? It's a $600 job booked in. Again, I go back to offering value. They would go, fantastic. I would love that cleaning business. Then off the back of that, that I would call them and say, hey, I've got more jobs like this. Would you like them? And the 99% response was, yes, that job was fantastic. And so that's how my first lead generation business started. And that sort of pivoted into when I started my cleaning business. I was working with a lot of cleaning companies and went, I should just take on the headache of having all the staff myself and do all the work myself. And about 18 months later, I realized that that is a painful, <laughs> painful spot to be in because now you have to worry about shift work and times of people showing up, making sure the quality of the job's good and payroll and accounting. And, oh, that's a lot more than just me sitting on a computer running Google Ads, right? Yeah. And 
the back of that, I sold that business. And as I mentioned before, I went on tour around Australia with a few really successful people. And off the back of that, I, I realized I wasn't in a position to teach people about marketing yet. So I went ahead and spent about three and a half years working inside of businesses, sort of working my way up the corporate ladder. Ryan Tuckwood was a guy, a business I worked in at his Swiss sales coaching. Oh, yeah. And sort of pivoted after working there as well to find businesses that I could go and learn from in the digital marketing space because I realized I'm not going to know everything as a young entrepreneur. So that was my three-year hiatus to say just buckle down and, and spend the time as a student and learn from people who have been through the journey I'm about to go on. Yeah. And about 12 months ago from today, I kind of I bit the bullet and went, okay, I think I've learned enough to go ahead and start it on our own. So yeah, that's where we are today. And that was 12 months ago, did you say? A little bit over 12 months ago, we yep. I bit the bullet and uh, I just finished paying off my house with my partner. And so we were sort of at a position where most people my age wouldn't be. And now I've worked very hard to get where I am, but we're in a financial position that I said, I can quit my, I was earning about $180,000 a year in a marketing manager role. And I was going, I'm on top of the world. Mm. I've got good money. I got a good family going. And I said, look, I want to step out and really make something of myself and, and be bigger than just someone who works in a company, which is nothing wrong with that. But it's uh, even since you're a young kid, hasn't been me. I was going to say, I mean, as a 12-year-old, you already knew you were an entrepreneur and like truly you're an entrepreneur story of, of those people that you hear. I was five and I was selling lollies on the side of the road. <laughs> so like, it's totally who you are. That was probably the first time that I made some actual money. <laughs> you're a rainmaker. I love that term because you truly are. If you were able to generate clients for people at the age of 12, <laughs> wow. I remember rocking up to a, a bond clean that a cleaner was doing. It was an Indian fella. I had rocked up in a full suit because I thought it made me look older. Yeah, yeah. And so I rocked up to the job and was like, hey, mate, shook his hand. And I was in a full suit, three suit. And I was like, this is the one that my mum got married. Like I wore to my mum's wedding. And it was just one of those early moments that you're like, you don't have to wear a full suit to a meet and greet with a cleaning company. It was a, it was an interesting one for me because it was like, a, you got to wear a nice suit to fit the part and make yourself look older. And I think I got some good, honest people give me some great opportunities with contracts. And like with the cleaning business, we closed a contract that was one of the largest residential apartments on the Gold Coast. So it had 660 apartments inside of the island. Oh my goodness. And when I walked on there, I was again suited and booted. And I saw a little chuckle from the reception lady. As I said, oh, I'm here to see if you need a cleaning contract done. It was one of those defining moments that you realize there's a time and place to be suited. And it was a, a learning curve for me, but you can never be underdressed. Yes. Oh, so good. All right. So I'm going to talk about your current business. And you said something to me really interesting before I hit record on this session around your niche and your sort of fine-tuning things, let's say, in your business. So talk to me around what changes you've made recently around who you decide to work with. I think it's before I jump too closely in on that, I think we all know the, the industry of digital marketing and marketing agencies. And it's something that I've always had a, an icky feeling about jumping into. I think it's a, very, it's a very saturated market in the sense that there's too many people that try and jump into it without the back track record. Yes. That's a problem that Heather, I think you would know about, I think our clients know about, and I think everyone in the industry knows about. But it's one of those that jumping into the industry made me go, I never want to be defined as, as a marketing agency. I never want to be defined of what that is, just because of the reputation it has. I've since 
started to digest and go, it's okay as long as I stay honest to who we are, clear, clean, and consistent, as I mentioned before. Yep. Then there's no problem with that. And, you know, over this year, we've had a fantastic track record of what we do and the results we get. And there's clients that don't get what they need. And it's how you handle it off the back of that that sort of positions me in where we are. But I think back to your question, I think the part of where we're at and the business we're in, there was a transition and idea I had that. I wanted to specialize in in one specific area that we can really master. And it took me a while to find what that is. So we started as most agencies. I want to try everything. I want to do everything. We can do everything. As a marketing manager, I did everything under the sun. I'm sure. And most marketing managers out there, anyone that works in a company for marketing, you realize that you'll get to work on a 9am hits and you've got another task on on your plate and you go, I've never had to do that before. And that's what makes a great agency owner. But... It's about how we turn our agency to be able to scale with staff because our staff may not have been through the same experience as we have to get results. And I always say this, you know, we see agencies out there that may have a bad track record. And I say, sometimes it's not even the owner that doesn't know what they're doing. It's just that they haven't had the chance to train the staff yet properly. Well said. And so I think where we're at at the moment, we brought on a really broad target and we said, Let's just niche down just recently into one area that we consistently get results for our bigger clients in, and that's lead generation. So we specialize in conversion funnels and lead generation. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of got a little in a well there. <laughs> no, you, you go on a great tangent because there's all these little morsels in between what you say that I'm picking up on, which is good wisdom. So <laughs> I never know when to stop. <laughs> so you're basically niched in order to scale. Is that the core outcome and to deliver better results for your clients? It's a fantastic way of putting it. Like, I think when we first started the business, I took on two investors straight off open day doors. They ran two quite large companies. They have another 16 companies that they run. Okay. They're, they're quite well-connected entrepreneurs. And so starting the business was just myself getting results for their company. And that's perfectly fine, right? We got results in so many areas. We took over all the automation for the business, all the CRM management, all the lead gen, all the email marketing. And it was all the SEO as well. And then they said, oh, do you guys, can you help us with the sales and conversions? And I was like, sure, let me jump in and listen to some of the sales recordings. I can help you out. I came from a sales training company, so sales quite well. And it sort of started to, as we scaled the staff, we actually lost some fantastic staff members along the way because we were trying to do too much. Like every single day was a new hurdle. And since we've pivoted to say, The one thing we originally can do really well for you is lead generation. It gives an outlet for people to come to us and go, I just want someone who specializes in this. And you actually end up then being an expert in your trade. And being an expert in your trade, what that opens the door for is we still offer email marketing. We still offer parts of SEO. We still offer small parts of of websites because it's a part of the service that you kind of have to know how to do. Yeah. But... The thing is, is that once they can see the results we get for the, the funnel we create for generating the lead or generating a booked appointment, then they start to trust us in how can we get SEO improved? How can we get our email marketing improved? And that's really important that if you can specialize and just be one person, at least people will know you for that thing you can get them results for. And it's better than doing that than basically trying to service everything because that's what everyone else tries to do. And they don't normally succeed at it. You can't grow, can you? I mean, you, there's no, like, to stand up all the systems and the training and everything is crazy. And that theme of specialization is a theme that's been told over and over and over and over again from all the other experts I've interviewed 
as well. So I'm not surprised that you've brought it up. <laughs> well, show me one SOP can cover multiple different services. Like <laughs> Right. I know. And they'll break. SOP <laughs> without breaking your mindset and destroying destroying work culture. How many SOPs can you memorize before you can actually execute and get results for your clients? And how do you track the results as well, right? It's like <laughs> you're creating this monster. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. I think now people have a really good idea of who you are and where you've come from. So I want to talk about some results you've gotten for people. If you think to one of your clients that you have been working with lately, I'm happy for you to shout out to them if you want. It's up to you. Talk us through what they were like before they came to you. And as a result of working with you, what's happened? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, we work in very specialized niches as well. So I mean, I say specialized because one of the biggest niches we work in is in the financial institute. So brokers, financial brokers, mortgage brokers, superannuation brokers. And the reason for it is that naturally they need a lot of leads to make the business scale. So it's a great spot to be in if you're on a cost per lead basis because they need to purchase three to 500 leads a week. And so it's a good test for us. It definitely keeps the guys on their feet because we have to work out ways in Australia, which has a very small population, to generate 2,000 to 5,000 leads a month for one client. And so when you're spending those sort of ad budgets, it's a great opportunity to get results for a client in a slightly different way. It's very scaled. And you can have a very small client, max 15 staff working on the floor, and they need 2,000 leads a month. And you go, okay, so we can start to be spending, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month on ad spend at that rate. And it, it allows us to have a lot of testing, a lot of opportunity to really master our craft. We do work with a lot of other brokers that are at a very startup level, one broker and they need 10 leads a week. And that's a really exciting spot to be in as well because we can get you them with the results that'll make their business fly in a matter of hours. Like we can launch campaigns and have them basically flying along with some really high quality leads because we've done it on such a large scale. Mm. We do work in a lot of other legion niches. The ones that are quite competitive is what we like to stick in because normally where it's competitive, there's a lot of people that have been burnt by bad agencies. So you can be sort of the knight shining armor that swings in to get the results. On a level of the results, as your question was, we took a client this year who is around $2 million a week in turnover. And we scaled them up to five million. So that was a, a cool incentive in itself. And that solely came off of just getting a from a, a cold lead going to a salesperson to getting a booked appointment straight to the person who does the consult. So wow. if you don't know much about sales, you normally use things like triage, where you've got sort of an SDR that will open a call up and they'll sort of 
they'll do the intro. They'll say, hey, this is X business and we want to see if we can help you. That's a pretty bad intro. And they'll try and book someone in for a consult. Now, you've got then a, a BDM, which is the person who closes those leads. Now, if we can get those leads directly to the BDM, we're cutting out the cost of the person sitting in the chair to call those first leads. We're cutting out the cost of the phone time. We're cutting out the cost of the commissions. So you go, well, how much are we saving? Even if it costs us more to generate that lead, the business is saving the headache of having 15 staff sitting on oh, the sales floor yeah. and it's going straight through to the, the business closure, which is realistically the most efficient method for a business that still needs to get someone on a Zoom before they can sell. Very good. Those are amazing results. And you said something interesting that I want to touch on, and that is you have chosen a competitive market and people that have been burned before. Now, a lot of us in business are dealing with that. We're dealing with clients or leads that come to us that have been burned. How do you guys as a team get through that icy exterior skepticism when people are coming to you going, no, I've done, I've already worked with 10 of you guys. (laughs) How do you deal with that? It's an interesting question because I think the way you deal with it is being honest to the industry. I I had two onboards yesterday with clients and the initial conversation with them was, SEO is a scam. This is a scam. We've been burned by that before. And it was one of those, you can't fight people with it. We've all been scammed by. I was a marketing manager that we outsourced work to businesses and we got scammed by. Yeah. How did I feel? Well, have some compassion. Yeah. Sit there and think about, ah, I've been there. I get that we all, we've all wasted money on an investment that didn't end up paying off. One of the lines I like using is, although people do get results in this space, you can search it up for yourself and, you know, I'm here to guide you. And if you want me to point you in the direction of someone who's even better than me at this service, then I'm happy to do so. Because what I want you to do is get the results and redeem faith that this is something that you can utilize to grow your business. And that normally turns people around. But the other thing is, is just show them. I show them our businesses that we work with and say, look at the increase. You know, we work with a business that had SEO, you know, SEO is the big one. I've all got that SEO call before. And you go, (laughs) once you show them the improvement that it could have, And the investment that it takes, you know, what's the investment a year into SEO for the potential it could have? Well, one of the clients we've worked with, they were spending around $300,000 a year on Google Ads with 12 months of SEO. So they started SEO before they worked with us, but they'd done about four and a half months and we took over their SEO ongoing. They had it in the house. We took it into our agency. They stopped now. They run on projection around $180,000 a year on Google Ads. So they've pretty much half the amount, yeah. but their orders have replaced pretty much over 200% of their sales. So they've increased their business massively, but they're spending less to acquire a customer. Now, the investment they do in SEO works at about $25,000 a year. Okay, so you go, they're saving, even if you don't take into account the increase in sales, they're saving around $75,000 a year. On the first year, mind you, let's look at next year and let's see where they're at. Google ad spend is. And the reason they don't need to spend any more on Google is because there's no more customers for them. They're spending enough that if their SEO is right, they can take market share without having to spend that Google ads. Excellent. Or at least not that massive big budget. Yeah, love it. Just distinctions around what you might change. Like I think a lot of us get locked into our current systems and structures and teams. And, you know, we forget to realize there might be a better way to get there to the same path. Yes. Yeah. And there's something about that, like 
you've got to have blinders on to, to keep consistent at what you do. One of my big things, clear, clean, and consistent. Consistent in the message you do, the, the marketing you produce, the journey you're on. Keep consistent with it. But you've got to sometimes take those blinders off the side of your eyes and go, is there a better, faster solution of where I'm trying to go? Because yeah, sometimes there is. And it's like playing a game of chess. If you take a step back from the board and look at another solution, sometimes you can find a, a checkmate much faster than what you're trying to do. So I try and balance that and I recommend it for everyone to, to keep consistent and not bring on new ideas, but don't let new ideas not be a great idea. Ooh, well said. Jack, okay, so how do people work with you? How do they learn more about you? We are on all social medias, Jackson Ernji, and then Ernji Media is our business. If you would like to follow us on there, we do a lot of free education at Free Value. We're, we're in the journey of building that up even more. So if anyone wants to work with us, you can jump over to our website. We have the ability to jump on, submit a form on our website, and you can buy leads straight from the website if you want targeted. Whatever industry or niche it is, you jump on there, fill it out, and you can have leads within your inbound within seven days, basically. Now, if you want to work with us on a one-to-one level where we actually work with inside your business, you can do that on the website as well, where we'll actually go and build you lead generation strategies that are going to be an infrastructure for your company to grow further into the future. Now, we don't want to lock you into anything we do. It's about giving you the resources for your business to grow. We want to build you a strategy that you can then take back and run yourself and damn cut those costs out that agencies charge and tack on top. If there's a software or a system that can run in your business that we can hand back over to you, set up, and give it back to you guys to run to save costs, that's what we're all about because there's always other clients out there for us. And if we can give you our best service possible, we know that you're going to come back the next thing that you need build. If it's another funnel, if it's another strategy, or you're pivoting a new product out, then there's going to be the opportunity for us to be who you choose to come back to. So jump onto the website, earngmedia.com. It's E-A-R-N-G media. So yeah. Yeah, guys, go hang out with Jack, get some of his good downloads and information. And he now has this amazing new studio. So no doubt there's going to be some great content to come. (laughs) Now, Jack, this has been a great chat. You do amazing work in the world for businesses and just your journey alone and, and the honesty of that. I appreciate you sharing that. And as we wrap up, is there anything, you know, last words of wisdom advice that you'd like to share with people? Yeah. I appreciate that, Heather, and I thank you for your time. I've listened to your podcast for, I listened to probably the last nine episodes now on my way to work. Cool. So I've been getting more involved with your stuff as well. So you've definitely got some valuable things to say, and I think it's a very, very valuable thing for people to be listening to, to your content. My thing to say would be whatever your business is, just keep consistent with it and make sure that you don't overcomplicate the process of selling. A big thing about lead generation and getting more leads is about having one thing, a very clear, clean, and consistent offer. People don't want to be confused. People want to have a problem solved and have some compassion about what people are going through. And if you can relate that to your marketing, then people will take action on whatever it is you do. Brilliant. Love it. We'll end on that note. Thank you for being here. Thanks, guys, as always, for tuning in and listening. This has been a solid, excellent conversation with loads of information. So I hope you guys all enjoyed it. And thanks again, Jackson, for being here. Thanks so much. Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. 
is where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.